0: Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit HRGazette.com.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. In an era where quiet quitting, and work-life balance have permeated the conversation around employment, how can employers stand out? The World Day of Happiness, celebrated back on March 20th by the United Nations, recognises happiness as a universal goal and calls for a more inclusive and balanced approach to economic growth that promotes the happiness and well-being of all people. The implementation of a shorter work week is the most equitable way to strive towards this universal goal of balance and happiness. While a Canadian pilot of a four day week is still underway, recent results from a similar UK trial show that a four day work week can significantly improve employee wellness. Key findings include 54% of employees reported a reduction in negative emotions, 43% reported an increase in mental health. reported a decrease in burnout and 54% reported a better work-life balance. Helping me to delve into these findings today is Joe O'Connor, a globally recognised expert in the shorter working week space. Joe leads the Toronto-based Work Time Reduction Centre of Excellence that's focused on how a four-day week might work in the HR field and what it might mean for recruitment, retention, and employee happiness. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Joe.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Joe,
1: it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show today. It's a pleasure to join you, Bill. And listeners, just before we hit record here, even though Joe's uh, not been in the beautiful city of Toronto that long, it turns out that we hang out in the same circles. There we go uh, with the cool kids, I hope. Uh, Joe, uh, beyond what I've got to know about you before we hit record today, can you start maybe by telling us a little bit more about yourself and what inspired you to get involved in the four-day work week movement?
2: Absolutely. So I'm originally from Ireland and got interested in this work time reduction world back in 2018. Originally, I led a research project in the Irish public sector, which was looking at issues around work-life balance and more generally. And one of the topics we touched on was the shorter work week because I had been following some emerging research that was coming out in Iceland and Denmark and New Zealand back then. And One of the things we really uncovered that that has stayed with me through my career since was the huge volume of working parents, mostly women, within the Irish public service, and I think that this is probably a a global phenomenon, who had moved to shorter work weeks or to four-day weeks. Um, So effectively, they had reduced their hours for work-life balance or for childcare reasons. Often they did it coming back off maternity leave, and they had done it for a reduction in pay, but often their experience was that their responsibilities in the job, their expectations in the job, and the output that they were producing was actually the same. So that told me two things. It told me that moving to shorter work weeks can really fundamentally help address the gender equality problems that we have in very many organizations, but also, number two, that this idea of Parkinson's Law, this idea that a task will expand to fill the time that's available for its completion, holds true in very many modern organizations.
1: Okay, before we go any further, um, point of clarity for for me and for the listeners, I I guess. Um, When we talk about a four-day work week, are we talking about a week of work that consists of less hours than a five-day work week, if that makes sense? Or actually, are we talking about, in many instances, uh, folks working, say, 10 hours a day instead of eight hours a day, so they're still getting in the same number of hours, Joe? I think that's important just to clarify that before we go any further.
2: I think it's important to differentiate between the compressed hour working model where effectively you're restructuring the same number of hours into a shorter number of days and the work that we do at the work time reduction center of excellence and that the global trials that I was involved in at 4 day week global consisted of which was reduced hour working for the same pay but with a commitment to del- delivering the same level of output and the same level of productivity this is something that for a lot of people it feels counterintuitive how are these organizations reporting that they're maintaining or improving output while reducing the number of hours that people are working. I think the answer to that is that this is not just about changing the number of hours that people work, but it's about fundamentally changing the way that people work. And the reason organizations have often been successful with shorter workweek models is that they use the offer of a four-day week as a forcing function to streamline their operations, to improve their processes, and to change their work practices. On May 18, the
3: Benefits and Wellness Superhero Symposium returns to Toronto. Attendees will learn from experts about how to become a superhero in the eyes of employees and management. The evening event is presented by Thorpe Benefits and proudly supported by HR Gazette. Unable to attend the event in person? No problem! Simply register through Eventbrite by searching for Benefits and Wellness Superhero Symposium, and you will automatically be invited to the virtual edition, taking place two weeks later.
1: This is really interesting stuff, isn't it? Um, cause it's not, it's not, we're not saying that before when people were doing a five day week, listeners, they, they were perhaps not, uh, not working as hard as they could. It's, it's really about maximizing the time I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and treating more as a commodity your time as a commodity as joe mentioned just a moment ago but who? what do i know i'm not the expert let's continue through uh joe what, is, what are some of the key benefits to a shorter work week and i'm going to challenge you to answer that question in 60 seconds or less go
2: Sure. So the obvious benefit for employees is that there's a lot of research that shows very statistically significant improvements in employee well-being and reductions in employee burnout. I think for businesses, this can help make your business more efficient and more productive. But the key benefit that's really attracted a lot of leaders and organizations to this is recruitment and retention. And this is something where if you can pull this off in your business without compromising, productivity or performance, you give yourself a very significant competitive advantage when it comes to retaining and attracting the best talent. And I think right now, this is something that can be a real differentiator in a very, very competitive labor market.
1: Okay, maybe you can now tell me, how does a shorter work week affect retention and and recruitment then? You've touched upon it so far, but just sort of delve into that a bit more. You know, an an employer that can offer a four day work week compared to another employer, a competitor who perhaps uh, insists on uh, an old school five day work week. How is that? How is that employer who's offering the four day work week more likely to attract top candidates and keep them there? Well, I think
2: the first thing to acknowledge is that this benefit is genuinely life-changing and genuinely transformative for people when you hear the stories about how people use this additional time off. So employers that link this benefit to very clearly defined performance targets, very clearly defined business objectives, they really align the individual interests of employees with the targets and goals of the business in a way that creates a really powerful tension to make companies more productive. People are very focused and very motivated to meet those targets in order to maintain the four-day week. So to give you a couple of examples, Healthwise, a large non-profit healthcare information provider in the United States, they had a huge problem with employee turnover in the summer of 2021. We worked with them to move to a four-day week in August of that year, and their employee turnover problem was effectively solved, reduced to almost zero overnight. And then we've seen companies in the UK like Atom Bank and Tyler Grange report an increase of more than 60% in their applications for open job postings since they moved to the four-day week. So potentially for many industries, the four-day week won't be a huge differentiator in five years, but we are still at an early adapter enough stage of this concept that this is still something that really, really can help you stand out from a recruitment and retention standpoint.
3: Fidelo Inc. is a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance and we're proud to support the HR Chat Podcast. We help identify strategic competencies and behaviors that drive results. Our team offers an HR web software to manage systems, reports, and data for HR people that need the best insights to make the right decisions and achieve better results. Learn
1: more at fidelo.com. Okay, so as I mentioned in my intro, this has been a huge success. Over in uh, in the UK and uh, Canada seems to be embracing ideas around the four day work week as well. And by the way, I think it's I think it's a fabulous idea if, if folks can make it work. Um, w- w- but what are some of the key obstacles, Joe, to to the four day work week that you've seen that specifically HR pros might encounter, and how can we best overcome them?
2: Well, I think one question is around culture. The kinds of organizations that are best positioned to make the, this work are those companies who already have a very strong positive culture, that already have a culture of trust and a partnership between leaders, managers, and employees, because this very much relies upon a bottom-up process where employees are are really empowered to redesign their work and to to change their ways of working in order to accommodate the four-day week schedule. The other challenges tend to be around processes, around operations, really the logistics about for some businesses, particularly where they've got customer service or or customer-facing roles. This is is generally about not offering everyone a universal day off, but actually about designing rosters and schedules that can allow you to maintain service coverage through the work week. So some of the work that that we do at the Work Time Reduction Center of Excellence is we work with companies on a diagnostic process, which looks at, number one, how ready are they for a shorter work week? Number two, what might the issues and challenges to adoption be? And we help them design a planning process really around addressing those issues in advance of, of starting the trial. And then thirdly, what are the pros and cons of the different models of work time
1: reduction? Okay, let's challenge you again then in one minute or less. What What's your hope for the future of the shorter work week movement?
2: Well, my strong belief is that within the next decade, the four-day week is going to become the new normal. I think that in most organizations and industries where the five-day, nine-to-five, is the current standard expectation that this is going to be dislodged over time by the four-day week. This is going to start with competitive pressures around companies adopting this and others within that industry really being forced to follow in order to keep up. I think there will need to be lots of other different versions and variations of work time reduction within certain industries that currently don't work a standard five-day work week. But I think that we have the productive capacity and the technological tools to start working shorter and to start working smarter.
1: Joe, I like you. And so I'm sad to tell you that we're already coming towards the end of this particular interview. sir. But before we wrap up, two more questions for you. Um, the next one, let, let's make sure that we're leaving our listeners today with some practical takeaways, um, some, some practical examples, if possible. What, what are some things that HR pros can implement today, such as training tools and technology to make a shorter week a shorter work week, a reality?
2: Well, I think the kinds of things that we see organizations often attacking in order to accommodate shorter work weeks are things like overlong and unnecessary meetings, distractions and interruptions in the workday, making better use of technology, maybe using it more mindfully or automating certain tasks, and really taking a cold hard look at process improvement and operational excellence. These are the things that really, if you do that hard yards and that heavy lifting, As part of the planning process and in advance of of, uh, introducing the policy, you really set yourself up for a much more seamless, successful transition.
1: Okay. And just finally for today, Joe, how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe that's through LinkedIn, email address, maybe you're super modern and cool and all over Instagram and Twitter and places. And of course, how can they learn more about all the cool work happening over at Work Time Reduction Center of Excellence?
2: Sure, they can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. They can find the Work Time Reduction Center of Excellence on LinkedIn or Twitter. And then, if they go to our website, worktimereduction.com, they can connect with an expert for a free consultation call to discuss how work time reduction might work for their business. And they can also fill out a free online assessment tool to get them thinking around the right things, and the right issues, and um, that are important to make this work uh, across different businesses.
1: Perfect. Well, that just leaves me to say, Joe. I've enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you. I will be uh, chasing you up and uh, going for a drink with you very soon when when we're both downtown Toronto. But for now, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
2: Enjoy the chat, Bill, and look forward to the pint.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.
0: Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.